Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Big Nasty. Yeah, Big Nasty Hall of Fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstock, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Today for episode 136, we're going to talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. A reality check for Tampa Bay came Thursday night in the form of Nick Foles and the Bears. Maybe the officials, too? I mean... I kind of knew the Bucks were due for a trap game this season, and I, I just really hate that it had to come from the referees. But we're going to talk about all that and more. We've got a great show lined up for you today. Welcome back. I'm your host, as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, as always, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan, Mr. Evan Wanish. And of course, had a very special guest on the show today, honorary third member of the show, Mr. Moneybags, James Hill, a.k.a. Mr. Bucks Nation. And guys, you know, we record these episodes, we try to record them a full day after the game, that way we have time to sit down, think about everything that happened, try and lay it all out with an even head, and I'll just be straight up honest with you, I'm I'm still pissed off, like I thought I'd be in a better mood, but I am still just as pissed now as I was when the clock hit triple zeros, that was just a piss poor performance last night. It's Friday. Let's just have a fun show. It's Friday. I'm trying, dude. Listen, I would love to. You know, last show, we take a week break. We come back on Thursday. We preview the Packers game. But I feel like we have so much more to talk about now just because of what we saw on the field last night. I'm sad. I'm not. I'm I'm just sad. I'm sad about a lot of things. Uh, I'm sad for being called money bags. Uh, I'm (laughs) sad that the Bucks lost in such a disappointing fashion. Uh it sucks. It sucks, man. So, if you folks did not see it or hear it, Tom Brady fell to Nick Foles once again. On the last drive of the game, he appeared to lose count of the downs on his final play with seconds left in the game. But I, I, I guess we just have to talk about this right off the rip. Like, guys, personally, I feel like Brady knew what down it was. <laughs> like, I... I know maybe he tried to play it off like he didn't. Maybe he's trying to one-up these officials who were just horseshit all night. But I ultimately feel like he knew what down it was. Uh, I don't know. Because I think you can look at it from both perspectives that, yeah, maybe. Like, maybe he was trying to get, like, a, a fifth down, get a little break. But at the same time, like, I would have believed it if the throw was different. Like that right. throw was such a low percentage throw that he was trying to get a chunk play on. Like that lit, led me to believe that he truly thought he might have had another shot at it. 
So that was what is kind of holding me back from thinking, oh, he might have tried to get one. No, I, I don't know. I think just that that throw, you know, that big chunk play trying to get 15, 20 yards there on a fourth and six, that leads me to believe that he might have thought it was like third down and, okay, if you don't get it, you still got a shot. Um, I feel like if he definitely knew it was fourth down, he would have at least just, I mean, he had Keyshawn Vaughn in the flat there. He might have gotten tackled, but it would have been close. Um, but yeah, I mean, just a really weird way to end the game. And honestly, it didn't even impact, like, as we're going to talk about, like, that is such a minor thing in this game yeah. that, like, it, it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. People will talk about it because it's the quarterback and stuff, but, uh, it's just such a minor thing, but it, it was a very weird way to end just such a, a, a funky, bad awful game by by the Bucks, but also just by by the officials, by the Bears. It, like a lot of people are saying, oh, it's a great game. This wasn't a clean football game. Like this this was not really a great game in my this eyes. This was Thursday night football at its it, finest. It, this is yeah. short four day week football. Yeah, exactly. I mean I think people were just saying great game is the previous week it was Jaguars versus Dolphins. <laughs> right, exactly. People have been looking forward to some noticeable teams. And I mean, we definitely got that in the worst way possible Thursday night. James, your thoughts on last night's game? Oh, uh, well, let me tell you something about that. Uh, that Tom Brady fourth down thing. I mean, you know, everybody's going to deny up and down. you know, everybody's going to say up and down. You know, he knew it was fourth down. Bruce Arians said it. Tyler Johnson said it. You know, I'm, I'm sure Tom Brady would say it if you asked him. Uh, yeah, at the end of the day, like Evan said, it doesn't matter. That's not why the Bucks lost that game for one fourth down play to end the game with like 30 seconds left. That's not why they lost. Uh, and we're going to get the memes. We're going to get all that stuff. And that'll that's fine. Whatever. If it was, you know, some other quarterbacks, people would not be saying this. They'd be defending that, you know, those quarterbacks. But it's fine. It's cool. It's cool. I'm not even mad. I'm not even mad. It is. It is one of those things that I think is just going to go down in Tom Brady folklore for the rest of NFL history. Like from now on, everybody's going to be like, did he know it was fourth down? And you're going to get a big chunk of people defending it. You're going to get a big chunk of people who didn't watch the game and are like, no way. He has Alzheimer's. He had no idea. But the fact of the matter is, just like both of you said, it does not matter. It's not the reason the Bucks lost the game. And with that being said, I think we're going to move on from it. But. The Buccaneers lost the game the previous drive. Cairo Santos, the guy who couldn't make shit in Tampa, couldn't make it over 35 yards before this game, was just Mr. Automatic all night long. So with a minute and 17 seconds left on the clock, which, by the way, really thought they were going to burn clock a lot better on that drive, but it doesn't matter. They awful. won the football they, game. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's awful. That In an ideal world, you don't even give the ball back to Tom Brady. You, you don't you do not do that. But, yeah, the Bucks caught a break there. Yeah, 38 yards out from Cairo Santos. He seals the deal with a minute 17 left. 20-19, to 19, your final score. The Bears move to 4-1, and one, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are 3-2. and two. The officiating was bad, but I think another tone that this game set was it was just a lack of discipline. I mean, all over the place. Like, it was ugly ugly football this is the shit that we expected to see week one you know to see it i understand the short week i don't you know the injuries things like that but discipline is is discipline it doesn't matter who you have on the field or who you don't discipline football teams don't make the mistakes that the tampa bay buccaneers did the penalties for the bucks 11 on the night 109 yards given up I mean, what the hell, Evan? 
like it's not your fault but i'm just asking you like what the (laughs) hell do you make of this well uh yeah some of those penalties you can look back on and say they're bad calls sure but um the fact of the matter is they were still called and they're still penalties and at any time you have over 100 yards and penalties in a football game you're not likely to win that football game and you know, the Bucks are lucky it was even this close. I think it's this close just because the Bears really aren't that great. Like, I had some people tell me, like, the Bucks were like, oh, the Bucks aren't on the Bears level, huh? Like, like the Bucks are the better football team. I truly believe that the Bucks are better than the Chicago Bears. But the self-inflicted mistakes that have come back to haunt this team time and time again every season, it always seems to cost them one or two wins in a season. Right. A lot of times they just play bad and get beat. But there's always that one or two games where penalties are the reason they lost the one. Uh, the Raiders game for 2016. That was in overtime. Didn't they had over 200 yards in penalties? I think that game. I mean, that was just that was the worst game I've ever seen from that. Uh, but, yeah, you're not going to win many games having over 100 yards. Um yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. Uh, I know the officiating was bad. That's that's not. There was a lot of calls. The Bears got away with a lot, and the Bucks, you know, were called on some that was eh. But I mean, man, that one drive, that, that one drive that the Bucks had, Ronald Jones. They, <laughs> well, for one, Ronald Jones gets the ball. This is, the, I think, a different drive. Ronald Jones runs the ball to the th- like thirty, and they end up. Uh, kicking it from like the 34 or something like that like like how does that happen it, it seems like on every single drive the bucks would find themselves in a situation where it's all right second and 24 third and 30 third and 35 third and 18 just because of these penalties and i mean really you know you shoot yourself in the foot with penalties but your offense regardless of if they're rolling or not you're not going to get anything done if you're starting the drive 20 yards behind the first down marker. And it seemed like every single drive in that game, the Buccaneers faced a play where it's, you know, first and a mile, second, a mile, third and all day. Like it was just, it was ugly. And it was, you know, playing from behind against themselves. Like that's, that that's the saddest part of it. Yeah. I mean, let's not take away the bears defense played really well. Um, but the amount of penalties along this offensive line was just disgraceful. And, uh, you know, you saw Brady get heat on the sideline there with Ryan Jensen. The reason I think he chose Jensen. So that was a first and 30. They threw a screen at Jaden Mickens. It got about 10 yards or so. And then, oh yeah, it's James. Uh, You know, so, so, um, they, they throw the screen, they get about 10 yards. And then after the play is over, Ryan Jensen, who, yeah, you could say it was a little bit of a soft call, but Ryan Jensen gets, you know, called for a personal foul, and that just kills it. You can't have that. And they they just they had it too many times on, on Thursday night. These officials, I, I know that we brought it up briefly, but I legitimately think that there is a case here. Not that anything's going to happen. You know, the Buccaneers could complain. The NFL reviews it, investigates it, sees that all the rest were born in Chicago, and they're like, yeah, that's messed up, but nothing's going to happen. So obviously the outcome of the game is not going to be changed. I don't think we're going to see that entire officiating crew fired, but I think the Buccaneers have a legitimate reason to go to the NFL and be like, hey, you need to look into this because one drive in particular, the worst call of the football game, you brought up the Ryan Jensen personal foul. 
I think like three plays later, a Bears defender had butted a Bucks player, and that didn't get called. There were guys being held to death all night long. Vita Vea for another week in a row was just gang-banged by the offensive lineman. I mean, they ripped his jersey off. It was ugly. You don't want to show it to your children. But the worst call, the icing on the top for me, third and long for Nick Foles and the Bears. Game within grasp. Buccaneers have the lead. All the defense has to do, force a three and out, hang on to the football, get a first down or two. This game's over. Buccaneers are four and one. But nope. Third and what? 18? Shaq Barrett hits Nick Foles as he lets go of the football. I shit you not. Just an, aw- like, an awful call. An as awful. he lets go of the football, and it's a roughing the passer. Bears get a first down. They march on down the field. Cairo Santos kicks a field goal. This is game over. Buccaneers well, actually, call the game right there. Actually, the, the Bears had punted on that drive. That 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 um what that did. So the Bears had actually punted on that drive, but what that did was it put the ball, instead of it being likely around like the 50-yard line, if the Bears had just punted right there, the Bears moved up to like the 30 or so and they were able to punt it to the 15. And that's this is where the Bucks lost the game right here. They held the ball for 16 seconds on offense. Oh, with yeah, under, right. under so that was a drive before. My with, mistake. With, with under three minutes to go, they ran it once with Ronald Jones, lost two, and then threw two incompletions and took off 16 seconds off the clock. Inexcusable. James, yeah. I know you're chomping at the pit to get after this. It's funny, yeah. too. Be- I'm sorry. Go ahead, James. Oh, no, no. You're good. You're good. Go ahead. Um, I just I think it's funny, too. Because, you know, we're going to talk about Ronald Jones. We're going to break down some of these stat lines here shortly. But if there's ever a time you want to just feed Ronald Jones, why would it not be right there? The game that he was having, 17 carries for, what, 106 yards? Like, he had 100-plus yards on the ground last week. I wasn't expecting him to do it again, but damn it, he did it again this week with even less carries. So I don't know why that they you know, came out and did what they did. I will say, I don't know who I have to talk to or what money I have to slip under the counter to see a goddamn play action be called on first and 10. But, you know, everybody in the stadium knew Ronald Jones was getting the ball every single time the Bucks took the field first and 10 right up the gut. Maybe he was running hard, but if you're going to throw the ball on a drive like that, take advantage of what's been working. And they just, it really didn't seem like they were able to do that at all. Not only from shooting themselves in the foot, but just, Awkward play calling at times, and we've talked about that time and time again. But, James, go ahead, man. Yeah, it's just the, the refs did have a bad game. You know, they 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 really did. The one the one drive in question, you know, they had four plays, four penalties in a row on every single play. I, I believe it was a it was a holding on Worfs, an offensive pass interference on Evans, a holding on Donovan Smith, which was offsetting. And then a holding on Ryan Jensen. Was it a holding, or was it the personal foul that was on that drive? It might have been the personal foul. Let me see. It says uh, first and ten from Chicago, thirty-five. Holding on Tristan Wirfs. Next play, um, ten-yard penalty on Mike Evans for offensive pass interference. So then it's first and thirty from Tampa Bay's forty-five. Uh, Brady gets sacked. Offensive holding on Donovan Smith, but it was offsetting because Khalil Mack had a roughing the passer. Then the next play, it was a penalty on oh, it was a penalty on Ryan Jensen for unnecessary roughness for okay. fifteen. Right. Regardless, still just so, an undisciplined drive. Right. So like, I I totally agree. The refs had a tough game. Like it sucked, uh, and it's definitely worth mentioning as well. But Bruce Arians said after the game, you know, yeah, they were outplayed and outcoached. Like, 
you know, it does get to a point where you have to sit there and go, well, geez, okay, I mean, yeah, the refs suck, but God, could we just stop? <laughs> can we just stop getting penalties, please? Like, can we have some discipline here? Uh, the offensive line blew it this game, in my opinion, in terms of discipline. Like, they, it just was bad. It was really bad. Uh, yeah. You could you could tell that the Bears front seven was in this offensive line's head all game. And I get it. It's Khalil Mack. It's Robert Quinn. Probably one of the better pass rushing duos in the NFL right now. But just inexcusable, man. And that drive was so freaking annoying to just put it into one word. Yeah. Uh, it, it was so frustrating to see. And it, it's 11 penalties is what we finished the game with. And, you know, whether or not that's partially the ref's fault, you know, even if even if you took away like three or three or four calls, I mean, that's still seven, eight penalties. If you, you take know? away that one roughing the passer call on Shaq Barrett, Bucks still win this game. I will die yep. on that hill. I, I, I believe that, too. I was going to say that if if that's not called, because what happens is the Bears punt, the Bucks get the ball around the 50 yard line. And yeah, yeah I think the Bears play I, that completely different. I think the Bucks win. Yeah, I agree with that one. And I was talking to a buddy of mine about that. He said, you know, I under, you know, he had said that I understand. I don't agree with it, but I mean, that's just how refs make calls these days, you know, and yeah, and I, yeah, I guess I, it is, you know, and, and just, yeah, it's just, that's what they're teaching. It is, now, is it? Yeah, that's, that's what it is. You know, I mean, like, that's just what they do now. And it's frustrating. It's very frustrating. Like you guys said that, that pretty much decided the game right then and there. Yeah. And, uh, it's yeah, I, I want to bring up. I want to bring up one point here. Uh, what is uh, Carlton Davis exactly supposed to do against a receiver that he's not going to get called for uh, defensive pass interference? Yeah, I mean that, that one... is just that is brutal. Okay, that ball is six, seven yards away from Robinson. He ain't getting to that ball. Okay, and Davis plays it perfectly. I don't know what else you want a corner to do, but like. I think most defensive coaches will go into the film room and say, you know what? This is exactly how you're supposed to play it. This is exactly how you're supposed to play it. And don't do it differently. Because I think most of the time that's not going to be called. And this time it was. And that is inexcusable. That that call and the Shaq Barrett roughing the passer one, those are the only two that I really have a huge issue with that were just horrendous. And uh, both were on third down. I believe the Carlton Davis one was like a third and two. Uh, both were on third down. So both are big calls there. And, uh, yeah, just uh, normally I'm not even, uh, you guys know this, you know, uh, James, you're on the show or you listen to the show and Rhett, obviously you're here. Uh, you guys know I'm not the blame the refs guy. Like every time, like, Oh, it's the refs, it's the refs. But that was just some horrible, horrible officiating. And the worst thing, it didn't go both ways. I think that was the worst thing. It did not go both ways. And the Bears were doing things to the Bucks defensive line all night. If, if Vita Vea got held one more time, you know, last week it was Shaq Barrett being held three, four times in the game. This week it was Vita Vea. I mean, they had their arms around him all game long and nothing was called. Uh, they call the Shaq Barrett neutral zone infraction when the guard pretty much clearly jumped. Uh, that really changed. That was at the end of the half. That changed the whole half. Just, yeah, just some inexcusable stuff. Undisciplined from the Buccaneers, especially on that one drive where they had the four penalties in a row or whatever. But just some inexcusable officiating. And and I, I can't believe the, the league let this crew on a primetime game with two, three, and one teams, I can't believe the league allowed this crew to go out there. 
Yeah, the NFL should absolutely be embarrassed that it happened on a national stage. But with that being said, I want to move on, look at some stat lines really quickly. I'm going to say this. Short week, multiple injuries on offense for the Bucs, shitty officiating. The Bucs will be fine, folks. I, I still think this team will be fine. There's obviously still a lot more games out there left to win. But I, I will tell you something I'm thankful for, and I think a lot of people should be paying attention to and be thankful for as well. I'm thankful for everybody showing their true colors after the second loss of the season. I know <laughs> that losing with Tom Brady is a generally new concept, but the Bucs aren't going to win every game that they play. And somebody said it better than I could, but it's one of those things where in the NFL last week, Bucks probably didn't deserve to win that game, and they did. Last night, Bucks probably deserved that win, uh, deserve to win that game, and they didn't. Shit happens. What are you going to do? Let's move on, look at some stat lines. First and foremost, Tom Brady, we got to talk about his day. 25 for 41, 253 yards, one touchdown. We talked at the top of the show about what had happened on that final drive, but Evan, what are your thoughts on Brady's day overall? thought it was pretty pedestrian, uh, but I think that's sort of – this is what it looks like when the offensive line doesn't hold up and you're missing your some of your receivers. Uh, Godwin, Evans is clearly not 100%, right? Um, Miller didn't have a catch. Clearly, I don't think he's at 100% either. You're missing Watson. Gronkowski even got a little banged up during the game. You were missing Howard. Uh, you know, you're, you're missing Leonard Fournette, even though he was active. You know, he wasn't really going to play. This is, this is what it looks Fournette, like. by the way, right? Yeah, yeah, I think he was basically used as they weren't they only had two running backs dressed, so I think they just wanted to dress three. Yeah. Um so this is what it looks like when the offensive line cannot hold up. Like, I'm sorry, and and most quarterbacks are going to, to falter. Tristan Wirfs had his worst game as a pro. It's you know, he's been great. Four games he's been great. But this is his worst game. Khalil Mack really took it to him. Um, I mean, he took it and, to him after the whistle was blown, by the way. You remember when he oh, flipped man. him with one so hand? Khalil Mack, Khalil Mack sacks Tom Brady with one arm and then flips Tristan Wirfs with the other. I mean, holy cow. Random drug test uh, coming up. Maybe. Uh, and then, you know, just that Bears defensive line's good. The Bears defense is good. But thought it was very pedestrian from Brady. Um, you can tell he definitely needs, and everybody wants to, a lot of people want to hate on Shady McCoy. I think this is the value that McCoy has as a pass catching back. Uh, they, they need a guy like that desperately in this offense. And I think somebody thought they saw Brady sort of like lip, uh, that he needs a running back that can catch an, uh, can F and catch the ball. Um, I, I didn't, I didn't see that, but wouldn't surprise me. I did see um, him mouth on the sidelines to his offensive line. You guys need to wake the F up. Yeah, well, that's he's he had every right spitting to be facts. That is he's, not wrong. <laughs> yeah, he's spitting facts. So I mean, yeah, I thought it was pretty pedestrian. James, did you see the same things I was saying? Yeah, I was a little surprised that he threw forty-one times. Uh, you know, I, I really, you know, again, I mean, like it's kind of in coaching a little bit. I'm not going to say I'm bashing the coaching staff here, but. When Ronald Jones has seven, 17 carries, he has over 100 yards. You would think maybe give him the ball a little bit more. And I do understand the idea of he was literally the only healthy guy, so you don't want to work him too, too much. But, you know, obviously in that scenario, how close that game was with the success that they had had in the running game versus this Bears defense, I would have liked to see them run a little bit more. But, you know, Tom Brady's tackles did him no favors in this game. You know, Donovan Smith got beat 
a few times. Tristan Wirfs, like you said, had his worst game as a rookie, uh, which again, it was against Khalil Mack. Uh, you know, again, he's probably the best pass rusher in the NFL. Uh, you know, he's already been doing phenomenal against guys like Cam Jordan and Joey Bosa. So overall, I think that we were lucky that we didn't have a game like this from Tristan Wirfs sooner, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and and I just remember the one play when Tom had to give himself up on a sack. Donovan Smith goes to help him up. And just Tom just kind of has this look and he throws up a hand like this. I'm just like He's just tired. He's just tired on. of seeing number seventy six stand yeah. over him when he's flat on his ass, is what it is. Yeah. And you know, I know that a lot of the times it's really just crashing in on Donovan Smith for games like this. And, you know, sometimes it's fair credit for, you know, fair fairly deserved. Uh, but Tom's tackles did him no favors. He was missing a lot of guys. Myself, personally, just saying, Jadon Mickens, two targets, two catches, 22 yards. Maybe he got a, <laughs> maybe could have got a little bit more playing time. I don't know. But like you said, he was missing so many pass catchers. Uh, Tanner Hudson was getting, you know, pa- you know, four targets thrown his way in this game. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, Brady, Brady did miss him on a wide open touchdown, but you yeah. Know. On that, on that, well, was that the first drive? The, the, yeah, yeah, that was. Okay, um, yeah. I think they came out. They took a nice shot with Tanner Hudson, who was getting a ton of targets over those first two drives. It kind of confused me, but then you saw Cam Brake come into the game a little bit later, and that was reassuring. But yeah, that Tanner Hudson touchdown, he overthrew it, and I remember they were showing the replay, and Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, one of those idiots up in the booth, they were like. Oh, well, you see the left arm of Brady get grabbed right there, right as he throws the football, but like. In the he motion overthrew. of his throw, I really don't think that's what threw him off. He, he, he overthrew the guy. He didn't yeah. underthrow him. So how is that going to – yeah, I don't – that doesn't yeah. make any sense. No, yes. I, I get you. But while we're talking about this offense, there's a couple more stat lines I want to bring up. We already talked about him a bit. want to bring him up one more time, and that is my man Ronald Jones, Rojo. Hell of a day for Rojo on the ground. 17 carries, 106 yards, and his longest run of the night was 37 yards. A thing of beauty he was making everybody miss out there. And I'll tell you – One of the things that I saw from Rojo in this game that really, really just, I think, speaks to his running style is that if right off the get-go, you're going to come at him with wimpy tackling, it's just not going to fly. I think that extra weight that he put on really prepared him to take on that first wave of tacklers that he saw because he was making guys miss if they came at him with, you know, anything less than a full textbook wrap. There were multiple times He'd be hit at the line of scrimmage, bust a spin move, hit the B button, and he was out of there. But I, I really liked what I saw from Rojo last night. You know, yeah, the, <laughs> this is this is good politeness here. Uh, you know, yeah, I saw the spin move. He did it like three or four times, and I thought, man, where's this coming from? I was <laughs> like, this is this is a nice little nice little thing Rojo's got going on, you know, uh, and. I think Rojo even said after the game he did not really realize that he was the only healthy running back uh, after Keyshawn Vaughn had got just absolutely decimated by uh, some hit that had happened to him. Uh, It was the fumble. It was the fumble, right. The fumble um, that took them 10 minutes to figure out and overturn, by the way. But yeah, right, right. And and Ronald Jones has said after the game, they told him like, hey, you know, you were kind of the only healthy running back. And he's like, I wasn't really paying attention, you know, I. and Ronald Jones, you know, I don't remember the last time a Bucks running back has had two 100-yard back-to-back games. Yeah, it, might must have been, have, it must have been in the Doug, Doug Martin era, yeah. Oh, that's what I'm thinking. You know, so, I mean, it's something we haven't seen very often the past few years. 
Um, and I think it's awesome. You know, Bruce Arians said it best earlier in the season. You know, it's Ronald Jones' job until he does something to lose it, basically. And he's been good so far this year, and he's just continuing to keep on going. I said last week on the show, you know, we were talking about the responsibility that he would have being one of the only healthy running backs on the roster. And I said, look, he had a 100-yard game. I'm not going to pound my chest and say that Rojo needs the running back one job. And I'm not really going to say that this week. Um, but I think he deserves it. Like, I really do think that back-to-back 100-yard games on the ground, when your offense is stalling the way that it was and the Bears' defense had the game that they did, I, I just I think it's a testament to how this guy runs. Um, I, I think, you know, Bruce Arian said earlier that having those two running backs back there between Rojo and Leonard Fournette, he's going to ride the hot hand sometimes. And if Leonard Fournette's good to go for Green Bay, I'm all for it. I'd love to see the rotation come back, maybe throw a little more passes out of the uh, backfield to Leonard Fournette. But if Ronald Jones can continue to take 15 and 20 carries for almost 100 yards, then why the hell not just feed him, maybe dump it off to Leonard Fournette on third down or out of the backfield every now and again and see where the hot hand takes you because he is absolutely, so far, I mean, I know we're only five games into the season, but so far this is shaping up to be his best season of running the football. Yeah, so Jones has been our, uh, you know, these past two games, he's really stepped up because he's needed to, and, and kudos to him. But the first three games, it was kind of meh. Like, I, I feel like he's he's been better in this mindset that, like, he, he knows, like, he's, like, the guy. Yeah, I think um, it's a big confidence thing. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I, I know, I think he also realizes that he's the guy because everybody else is injured. But he realizes that, you know, he's the only one. He's going to get the bulk of the carries. And, yeah, he's, you know, he played really well. I thought he was better, you know, last night than he was versus the Chargers. I thought that versus the Chargers, he got a few, a little lucky with just some chunk runs. And he wasn't, he was, you know, he was decent against the Chargers, but I thought he was actually good uh, last night. Um, I know me and Rhett had a little texting exchange uh, <laughs> last night about him, but. Uh, you were you know, like, he, I, I was just talking about, you know, I think it was halftime and I was like, man, I really wish they'd feed Rojo a little bit more. And you're like, you're like, eh, he's been okay. And then he bust out that 37 yard run and I responded and I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, and then I said a few <laughs> things and then, yeah, uh, stuff that, you know, we won't talk about here, but, um, so yeah, I thought he, he was good. He was, you know, and I think I just don't understand that last drive when they had six, was, they spent 16 seconds. You're gonna the the box was stacked on the first play, right? Jones was not gonna go anywhere, right? The box was stacked on that first play. They lost two. Jones wasn't going anywhere. But if you're gonna run it there, why would you pass it two straight times? If you're gonna pass it, you got to make sure it's a ball that you know is just gonna be complete. It's gotta be a screen, a quick quick slant, something like that, a ball that you know is going to be complete to, to keep that clock moving. Just inexcusable. And, uh, yeah, I want to get into one – after we're done the stats, uh, I do want to get into one point about this offense that really sort of bothered me. So once we're done the, the offensive stat lines, I'm going to drop that little info on you all. Well, you can drop it here just shortly. This last stat line that we've got is a guy on the offense. He led the team in receiving last night. That is the fifth-round pick, Mr. Tyler Johnson. A lot of pressure on him to step up this game as well. In the second half, completely disappeared in the second half. Yeah, he did. But his stat line for the night, four receptions for 61 yards. We did see some impressive catches and runs from him, especially that one where he bounced off of the tackler and just kept going for, I think, another 10 more yards. But 
Tyler Johnson had a pretty good game. And I'll tell you what, I, I didn't expect to see the plays out of him that we did. Um, obviously, there's still a gelling process that's going to come with him. And I think once you get Mike Evans and Chris Godwin back on the field, ready to go, maybe we see a little bit less of them. We didn't see a ton of Scotty Miller last night. I think the Bears had really done a good job at neutralizing that deep shot. They took that away from Tampa Bay. But Tyler Johnson, what do you think of his performance? I liked it. <laughs> Simple. Tyler Johnson is one of my favorite draft picks this year. I think he's he's gonna keep uh, proving to you that he can be he can be that like depth guy and like the fourth wide receiver. There you go, James. What do you think of that man, TJ? I thought it was good. You know, uh, like like you said, kind of disappeared there in the second half. It's fine. It's whatever. It's not a big deal. Uh, you know, the game's over now. We're on to Green Bay. But uh, you know, yeah, I thought it was really good. I thought um. Obviously, given all the injuries at wide receiver this week, somebody had to step up. Scotty, you know, basically only had what I think like one throw uh, go his way, really. Um, so it was basically Mike Evans, Jadon Mickens, and Tyler Johnson, and then I think Cyril Grayson was even getting out there a little bit. So somebody had to step up next to Mike Evans. Thankfully, it was Tyler Johnson. You know, I, I don't know what this means in the future here if he's going to get maybe some more opportunities. Maybe he'll dig into Justin Watson's snaps a little bit. I'm unsure. Um, but this was a good starting point for Tyler Johnson, you know, kind of like what with uh, Keyshawn Vaughn last week where, you know, a lot of people were hyping him up. Uh, I, I could see people kind of in the Bucks fan base, you know, maybe calling for, hey, maybe Tyler Johnson should get some more playing time. You know, this could be a game that starts that kind of talk. I think depending on what we see out of Justin Watson and his status this week at practice, I would definitely call for more Tyler Johnson. I think after that, I think he at least, uh, at least deserves to get a few more looks before we make the ultimate decision. But, I mean, if Justin Watson's still up in the air with that injury, we very well could see some more Tyler Johnson against the Packers. But Bucks also do have that 10-day break in between, so we just have to wait and see what happens. But, Evan, what are your thoughts on this offense, man? I'm I'm very interested. So... This is an, an offense and a coaching thing. One thing that is inexcusable to me. So, early in the game, I think we can all remember it. The Bucks went for it on fourth and one from their own 19-yard line. Yeah. Ballsy. That's, yeah. That takes – I personally, I, I'll admit, I tweeted out, I did not think they should go for that. I honestly – I didn't. And really, Brady barely got that yard, by the yeah. way. Like, if he they, didn't they get, you know, barely, pushed over the pile, then he yeah. wasn't really going to get it, I don't think. They barely converted it, and I didn't think they should have gone for it. I honestly – in that situation, I didn't. However, if they did, they got it. Kudos. Later on in the game, you have a fourth and one on the Chicago seven-yard line. And you kick the field goal. You cannot. You can't. I understand you're down two at that point. Well, no. What were you down? 16? Uh, I, yeah, I think you were, weren't you? I, I forget. They were down two. Whatever. They were down two. Kick the field goal. Put Eight, them up. Or, um, it put them up 17-16. Or, I'm it sorry. Was, no, yeah. it put them up. It, they were down one. Yes, thank you. They James. were down. Yeah, correct, correct. They were down one. Okay, I don't want to gotcha. remember a lot about that game. The small details just make my head hurt after everything else. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they they were down. They were down. Um, yeah, they were down. What seven, seventeen, sixteen? They were down at at the time. Yes. So you go for it on fourth and one from your own nineteen yard line and convert 
but yet the same exact one when you could have had the Bears on the ropes, man, and you have it on the Chicago seven-yard line, you kick the field goal. If you're going to go for it on fourth and one at your own 19, you got to go for it on fourth and one right there. That, to me, is inexcusable. It's cowardice. It is It is awful. Uh, it, it is terrible. I don't know if Tom Brady had the call. It didn't seem like he was too happy about it either in his press conference. Yeah. He was asked about it. He didn't seem too pleased that they – he said that there was no discussion about you know potentially going for it, but he didn't seem too pleased about the decision. And to me, that is just – that is playing to lose. I think a touchdown there, the Bears would have needed a touchdown. I don't think the Bears were going to get a touchdown, and a touchdown there would have won the game for you. To me, that's inexcusable. Yeah. So can I Can I just – quick point. So so Bruce had said, like – I don't know if he had said this, but the idea is that you kind of like – you take the field goal, okay, we're up to trust the defense, right? In a way. Yeah, I mean, that's that's basically the that's the old football coach. So technically, he was right because the next drive, the Bears five plays minus seven yards ended up punting. And then we talked about it earlier. The Bucks obviously had that three play negative two yard drive that only took off 27 seconds off the clock. So technically, Bruce was right in a way. I mean, again, he probably should have went for it. I know I saw Twitter blowing up on it, but. The defense did get the stop. It was just the bad play calling the drive after they got the ball back that resulted in them having to punt. Bears get the ball back, go down the field 32 yards, get the field goal. Here's what makes the entire thing that much more aggravating. You know, from a coaching standpoint, obviously it is just playing cowardice. If you're going to do it earlier in the game in your own territory and force, you know, if the Bucs don't get it right there, then the Bears get the ball in the red zone. It's as simple as that. With the game on the line and the situation that they were in, since Bruce Arians has come in as head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, what has been the motto that everybody and their mother wants to put on the T-shirt? No risk right? it, no biscuit, no baby. No risk it, no biscuit. Well, no risk it, no biscuit. Effing goes for it on fourth and one with the game on the line. Yeah, the defense went out there and did their job, but even then, if the defense goes out there and does their job, the Buccaneers get the ball back and have a 16-second drive they're still up to where the Bears would need a touchdown. And I just don't think that we're going to get it on that final drive that we saw. It was yep, it exactly. was a slow burn. Taking the field goal right there loses you football games. When it's a two-point lead and the other team is going down the field, like I just I, – you know – You knew like, what was going to happen. You it was knew a slow exactly burn. Was it was happen. a slow burn. You know, it took forever. I knew it was going to happen. Personally, I thought Cairo Santos was going to kick the field goal with eight seconds left. But no, he kicked it with a minute 17 left. And they still lost the football game. So I get it. You know, but if you're Bruce Arians and from day one, you're preaching no risk it, no biscuit. We're going to take these shots that can, you know, win us or lose us the game. Da, 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 da. All this stuff. It, yep. it just... You know, it's it's contradictory. It's it's high. It's exactly. Uh, it's it's what's the word? It's awful. It's being and, hypocritical. And yes, you're, yeah, exactly. And you're you're going for it on a fourth and one in the same game on your own 19 yard line. And then you don't it's it's mind boggling to me. I don't understand. I, I oh man, I just there's so many questions about this staff right now. And yeah, no, they shouldn't be fired. Like get out of here with that nonsense. But just why? 
Right. To tell me, I would love to just sit down with Bruce and Byron and just like, why? Yeah, I understand that the Bears' offense is nothing to write home about, and you trusted your defense. Yeah, whatever. But dude, if you don't get it, the Bears are backed up anyway. Yeah, the, the Bears are backed up inside their own ten. If anything, why would it, you not do that? It is idiotic to me. It r- truly is. That's dumb. Okay, and and that is playing to lose the football game. That's all it was. And you know, the more and more I look at it, yeah, absolutely. You know, it would have been twenty-three to seventeen if you most likely, you know, convert that fourth and one. It would have been uh, a, a first and goal situation. So I'm assuming that they would have gotten the touchdown. Um, it would have been twenty-three to seventeen. You think the Bucks hold on to win? Because I do. Uh, you know, I, I I think they probably hang on to that. And just it's just inexcusable. If you're gonna do it in on a previous drive early in the game and be like, yeah, we're gonna put like and that mindset when they were going for it on fourth and one right there, I was like, man, they want to put this team away. Like it was ten nothing at that point, and they were like, yeah, we want to put this team away. And you know, obviously they didn't score a touchdown on that, which hurt them. Their red zone were they were one for three in the red zone, not good enough. Um, but just yeah, that's that's my own mini rant there. Uh, that's probably the most passionate I've gotten in a little bit here. I think it but might be the just, most passionate you've ever gotten in the history of the podcast. It is ridiculous. Okay, it is it is ridiculous to preach like just like you said, Rhett, from day one, just to preach this. You're going to be aggressive, and oh yeah, Todd Bowles is going to be blitzing and blitzing and blitzing and offense. We're taking these shots and we're doing this and doing that. And you have the greatest quarterback of all time on your team, and the strength of your team is probably still the offense, even though it's a banged-up offense, and you've been running the ball good. You would have had so many options on that fourth and one, and you kick that field goal. Inexcusable. Yeah, absolutely. I I agree with you 100%. And I think while we are talking about it, while we are talking about coaching as a whole, I think what happened on the fourth down is inexcusable. I think it's something that – you shouldn't happen. You know, we've said it plenty of times in the last 10 minutes. But I want to talk about something else. I want to talk about this defense. Because while I think that they would have ended the game, I think they would have held on. I think they would have stopped Nick Foles. You know, it, it wasn't like Nick Foles was having a blockbuster game. But I want to talk about the exploitation of this defense. Actually, first off, I want to talk about this really quickly. Some really bad news about this defense moving forward. We lost Vita Vea for the season. We, we haven't talked about that at all. We I haven't because it, it, <laughs> it sucks to talk about, but probably the biggest force out of anybody on that defensive line was Vita Vea. He was playing like the best nose tackle in the NFL this year, snapped his ankle last night. He is out for the season. Buccaneers were getting MRIs today. It hasn't been officially confirmed, but it's been all but confirmed. So expect that news to come out a little bit later today if you're listening on Friday. But this defense... You lose Vita Vea, but teams are figuring us out. I I mean, the lack of adjustments that we saw from Tampa Bay's defense playing soft-ass coverage. Not sure why Carlton Davis has lined up 10 yards off off of the wide receiver every single play. You know, the wide receiver sees that he's lined up, sits right there, and they exploit that little corner of the field to check down for six or seven yards. And this is how it went what felt like every single offensive drive yeah. for the bears yeah. check down the bears weren't pushing the ball down the field at check all check down check down first down check down first down check down maybe we were on the ball and get 2 yards check down which results in a first down check down check down 
run the ball, check down, touchdown, Bears get points on the board. It is embarrassing. Like, football is a game of adjustments. The Bears made adjustments to the Bucs defense because they weren't doing anything. They weren't changing anything. When you're exploited in the same way over and over and over and over and over again, somebody has to notice. And I, I just, I don't think anybody noticed. And like, Nick Foles sliced and diced us up on checkdowns, and it was embarrassing. The wheel routes, baby. That's that's two things. Uh, the wheel routes, you know, even my buddy who was watching the game with me, he's not a Bucks fan, but even he was saying, uh, I, I thought that they were going to make adjustments to that. Why didn't they? Cordero, you know, keep putting Shaq got Barrett, the damn ball. Just, just keep putting Shaq Barrett in coverage against a running back. It'll work. You know, and well, the second thing, too, is, I mean, it was pretty, you can just look at the stats, Allen Robinson, 16 targets. I mean, they should have been doing more to stop him. I mean, I don't know if it was just more have Carlton Davis play a little bit closer up on him, maybe even having to double Allen Robinson. I don't know. Whatever he had to do, you know, it, it was pretty apparent that the only thing that the Bears had working for their offense was Allen Robinson and running back wheel routes. Is that mm-hmm. fair to say? Exactly. Yeah. It was it was to David Montgomery or was there, you know, Cordell Darnell, Patterson. They got Darnell Mooney, the rookie, who looked pretty yeah. good, too. Yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah. That was, all you, that was all you had to do was just double up Allen Robinson. Again, 16 freaking targets and uh, stop the wheel route. And, you know, Jimmy Graham did some stuff, sure, but it wasn't enough to make you just go, oh, gosh, this is just this, this is a problem. Yeah. Yeah, he, he had that one great catch, but yeah. Oh, that was, cool. that, was, that was a good catch. Good yeah. Lord, that was a That's good what catch. He does. That's what he does, man. But listen, what I'm trying to say is that the soft coverage that we saw displayed and the lack of adjustments, if you do that against Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay <laughs> offense, Aaron Rodgers is throwing for 648 yards and eight touchdowns. Like, he, he he's just... <sighs> I don't know, man. It really is concerning the lack of adjustments is all I'm trying to say. Well, one thing I do want to say about just coaching and adjustments and adjustments in general, and I want your guys' thoughts on this. Um, you know, again, when, we, when I was watching the game, Sam Buddy pointed out to me, he said, you know, I just feel like the Bucks' play calling today has been really vanilla. I feel like it. it's just not – it's almost predictable in a way, and it's not – Vanilla is the, is the exact way he used to describe it. What are your guys' thoughts on the play calling from this game from Byron Leftwich? I thought it was okay. It, it was okay. I'm not saying it was acceptable or, or good. I will give Byron but... half of my salary, which isn't much. I only make like, I don't know, not that much a year. But I will give Byron half of my salary just to see a couple of play actions on first down. I, I think, well, you did. You, How you many? did that one time. You did that one time, and Donovan Smith didn't get a hand on Khalil Mack, and he got Brady got sacked. Mm, that was the yeah. one he threw his hands up. That was first down. Maybe that's and why I forgot you, that one. You know what that led to? That was that was first down, and went to second and seventeen, then third and seventeen, and then they gained sixteen yards and didn't go for it on fourth and one. That's mm. what that led to. That's mm. what that sack was. Yeah, it, yeah, it all comes full circle, guys. It all comes full circle. That's what that sack was. But anyways. The, the play calling I thought was okay. You know, you talk about how you're going to ride the hot hand running the ball and then you don't hand it off to Jones enough, like when he's going. Like, when he's not on, I understand it. But, yeah, like you said, throwing the ball 41 times is just not great. And I understand that last drive, you obviously had to throw the ball, whatever. But the play calling on that three-play 16-second drives was just what I'm going to keep going back to. 
You know, that that's that's the ones I'm going to keep going back to. Not a single run. After you run the ball on first down, you realize the Bears are going to take their timeouts. So why not just run it two more times? And, and hopefully you can gain, you know, five or six yards and just punt. Don't stop the clock. Come on. Like, th- that, that was my biggest thing with the play calling. Other than that, I think people are expecting, like, people are looking around the league and they're looking at Kansas City and Baltimore and L.A. and all these, like, younger coaches and good play callers and stuff, like, creating these awesome play designs and they're expecting their team to do it. But not everybody is like that. And I think Byron is better than some people give him credit for. But, I mean, last night it did seem like it wasn't conservative because they threw the ball 41 times. So it wasn't conservative, but it did seem like it was kind of bland at times. And it I, maybe that's because the weapons weren't there. Mike Evans clearly wasn't 100%. Uh, obviously, Chris Godwin not being there. O.J. Howard not being there. But Chris Godwin's coming back. But O.J. Howard, you better get used to it. He ain't coming back. So well, uh, go ahead. Well, like you said, I mean, if the weapons aren't there, run the ball. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's simple, and they just didn't do it. Yeah, this is the first year, especially on this podcast, but this is the first year where I've ever confidently said, like, look, the pass isn't working. Run the damn football. And I know that every weekly checklist I put out, I'm like, I'll commit to the run game because you'll really get something out of it, but I legitimately mean it now. Like, if your passing game is not working, these past two games that we've seen from Ronald Jones, even if he's not the hot hand, you're going to get Leonard Fournette back. That rotation was looking pretty damn good when you needed it to be. And it's just an extra outlet for Brady right there in the backfield. If you've got Leonard Fournette on the route or on the flat and everybody else downfield is covered, I guarantee you Leonard Fournette's going to get you four or five yards on that reception, maybe even a little bit more. But with all of this being said, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the end of the day are three and two right now. They've got nine days off between now and in their game against the Green Bay Packers next Sunday in Raymond James Stadium. The undefeated Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers, who is playing like an MVP. When the season started, this was the game that I was looking forward to the most, but as of right now, it could not get here soon enough because I'm kind of ready for it to be behind us, win, lose, or draw. But boys, I really think we covered everything that we needed to. I think I got everything off of my chest. And, and I'll be honest, you know, group therapy there's a, there's works magic. Lot. because There's a lot in this game. <laughs> there, there was a lot. I think group therapy works magic and talking about it works magic because um, I, I feel better now than I did at the start of the show. That's for damn sure. Hey, the, the sun came up this morning, right? Yeah. You know, it's it's not the end of the world. I see people that are just going nuts. They're three and two, okay? I predicted them to start the year three and two. I predicted a loss to Green Bay. I predicted they're going to go three and three, and I still said they were going to finish 11 and five. Like, the, the sky is not falling here, okay? Yes, they need to play better. Truth is, I think if they're fully healthy, even minus O.J. Howard, if the Bucks are fully healthy last night, they probably win. Okay, uh, but you know it's one game. Put it past you. Green Bay's next, right? That's on to Green are Bay. You ex- am I expecting them to win? Probably not. But you know they gotta be ready for it. You know it's it's something. And then you got an important stretch. You got some winnable games. Vegas, the Giants. Those are two games that you should probably have. Um, you know, and then you got a big matchup versus the Saints, and then you play the Panthers, another winnable game. So you got some matchups coming up. Like I said, I predicted them to start three and three. 
and still end up 11 and 5. Maybe not maybe it's not 11 and 5 anymore. But I think the people that are saying the season's over for the Bucks just it, it's dumb, okay? Vita Vea is a humongous loss as defense. Can't state that enough. It is. It's a huge loss and Nacho is going to have to step up. He just is. OJ Howard pretty big loss to the, the offense and it's something that you know they're gonna have to stay relatively healthy now for the rest of the year because the defense and the offense can't really afford many more injuries um especially along the defense and all defensive and offensive lines uh, those are the two where the offensive line luckily has been fairly healthy and uh, they're gonna need that so the the world is not ending that that's my last thing it is a disappointing disgusting awful embarrassing loss, right? That shouldn't have been because they were the better football team. They still are. And they should have won that game, but the sky is not falling. Relax. Okay. It's, I understand people go, Oh, relax. You've done years and years of this. They're three and two. Relax. Okay. It is not, this is not the same Buccaneers team as the ones in 2011 or 2010 or 2016. Calm down. You know, meditation apps, I feel, are a great way to wind down. Of course. You know, that's that's what that's what we should that's what uh we should get sponsorship. For that's, yeah, yeah, that's our for, next sponsorship. For, that for that sounded the... like the start of a fire ass swag uh segue, it, man. It, 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 isn't yeah. it? That's what I thought. I was like, Oh, James is <laughs> getting us a little sponsor. Well, I don't want us I don't want us to get in trouble for uh sponsorships that aren't really there. But uh meditation, great way like, to I calm don't, down. I don't I don't I don't really think companies would care. It's free advertising. There you go. That's true. But like you said, the Bucks are three and two at the end of the day. Should they have won that game? Yeah, they should have won the game. You know, they should be four and one. They're not four and one. They're still leading the division right now, depending on what happens on Sunday or whenever the Saints play, that could change. But still leading the mm-hmm. They play uh, Monday night, I think, versus L.A. So maybe Herbert can work some magic. That's what I'm saying, you know. So, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, they're still leading the division right now. They play the Packers. That sucks. That's not fun. <laughs> you know. Just they... the way you said that. <laughs> oh, that's great. They they could beat the Packers. Who knows? But, I mean, even if they go 3-3, three and three, that's still not the end of the world. I get it. It's Tom Brady and expectations. But, ah, they need to be 6-0. and What's going on? You know? Mm-hmm. I get it. But at the end of the day, given all the stuff happening in the world right now with everything, I mean, 3-3, three and three, honestly, hey, I'll t- you know, 3-2 right now, I'll take it. Even if it was 3-3, three and three, I'll still take it. You know, I'm not, I wouldn't be too worried about it. Like you said, Evan, there's a couple of winnable games coming up after this Packers game against the Raiders, against the Giants. Uh, and, and at the end of the day, this team will be fine. Just need to get a little bit healthier. Vita Vea does the injury. That's devastating, you know. But um, bring, making sure that a lot of the, those key guys like Chris Godwin, like Scotty Miller, uh, whoever else can come back and be healthy, that's going to be huge moving forward. Because a lot of people are forgetting that Chris Godwin hasn't played the last couple of games. Scotty's been dinged up the last couple of games. Mike Evans has been dinged up the last couple of games. You know, getting those guys back healthy is going to be so huge. Yeah, I think this is a break that the Buccaneers absolutely needed at this time of the season. I don't think it could have come at a better time of the season. The mini-bye week is going to do dividends, and hopefully by the time the Green Bay game comes around, this team is looking much more healthy across the board. That's all you can hope for because when everybody's healthy, this is definitely a football team that's still going to win a lot of games this year. So ladies and gentlemen, 
That's just about going to do it for this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Mr. James Hill, thank you so much for joining us. Our, our honorary third member of the show at this point. People know him so well. But just one more time, in case people are not familiar, let us know where the folks can find you and your awesome content. Yeah, so just uh, do videos here on YouTube at Mr. Bucks Nation. Uh, just got over 7K, thankfully. Awesome. Um You've been putting out videos pretty much. It's been busy. Gosh, guys, we've been busy. Yeah, it's uh, busy time of year once you get back on that regular schedule. All of us. I'm so tired. I just want to sleep. Uh, so, so sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, making videos on YouTube. It's very fun. <laughs> I, I have a great time uh, making videos on YouTube uh, five days a week. Uh, yeah, great time. Great time. Thank you for having me on as always, guys. Really appreciate it. Oh, it's always a pleasure, brother. You are welcome on the show any time at all. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure you follow the show James, on... Sorry, go ahead, time. Evan. You are too legit to quit, James. <laughs> <laughs> too legit. <laughs> too legit to quit. Speaking of too legit to quit, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to our show, watching with video on YouTube, or listening on any of the podcast outlets that you can find us on. Make sure you follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Basically, the number one place for updates on the show and Buccaneer news as it happens as well. Speaking of Bucks news as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily. You can find him on Twitter as well at EvanNFL. Follow myself on Instagram and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I promise I will follow you back. With that being said, we're going to be taking a little bit of our own mini bye week. We will talk to you guys next Thursday as we preview the Packers game short week a lot of content for us this a lot of content for us this week so we're going to take a couple of days off prepare and when we come back on Thursday not only do we have the game preview but we've got that very major special announcement that we've been teasing for weeks so if you follow us over on social media maybe you'll know what that announcement is a couple of days sooner so make sure That's you right, get right Charlie. on top of that but come Thursday We've got some exciting news for you guys, and I cannot wait to bring it to you. With that being said, I am Rhett Matthew, signing off for my co-host Evan Wanish and our special guest, Mr. Bucks Nation, James Hill. Thank you guys for listening to our show. We'll talk to you next Thursday. Go Bucks! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.